old school Bible or the new school Bible, whatever the case might be. Go there. Thanks, Jonathan. Uh, go with me to the book of Luke chapter 7. We are continuing our series that we began uh, towards the beginning of January. And uh, we've been looking at different encounters that people had with Jesus and then Jesus had with other people. And learning a lot from these moments and learning a lot from these encounters. And uh, it's been really good to kind of draw from what certain people experienced as they met with Jesus and uh, how we can apply that to our lives. And so today is another encounter that I want to take a look at. And interestingly enough, on a day that we are going to, uh, if you're available, have lunch together after the service, we're taking a look at a time that Jesus was invited to a dinner and something interesting happened during dinner. The title of my message today is simply the word broken. Broken. This dinner started out in a certain way, but uh, what took place during it and, and towards the end was actually very, very powerful. And I would like to uh, unpack this story with us here this morning. Are we all there? Luke chapter 7, are we there? We're going to start in verse 36. I invite you, if you're able to, to stand with me for the reading of God's Word. And let's take a look at this together. Luke chapter 7, beginning in verse 36, it says this, When one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to have dinner with him, he went to the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. A woman in that town who lived a sinful life learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house. So she came there with an alabaster jar of perfume. As she stood behind him at his feet, weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears. And then she wiped them with her hair, kissed them, and poured perfume on them. When the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, If this man were a prophet, he would know who's touching him and what kind of woman she is, that she is a sinner." <laughs> Jesus answered him, Simon, I have something to tell you. Tell me, teacher, he said. Two people owed money to a certain money lender. One owed him 500 denarii and the other 50. Neither of them had the money to pay him back, so he forgave the debts of both. Now, which of them will love him more? Simon replied, I suppose the one, <laughs> I love this response, I suppose the one who had the bigger debt forgiven. You've judged correctly, Jesus said. Then he turned toward the woman and said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I came into your house. You did not give me any water for my feet, but she wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You did not give me a kiss, but this woman from the time I entered has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not put oil on my head, but she has poured perfume on my feet. Therefore, I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven. As her great love is shown, but whoever has been forgiven little, loves little. Then Jesus said to her, your sins are forgiven. 
And the other guests began to say amongst themselves, who is this who even forgives sins? And Jesus said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. So Jesus, I pray that you would uh, speak to your people as we take a look at your word. And I'll thank you for what's accomplished here today. In Jesus' name, and we all said, amen. Amen. You may be seated. The, uh, the journey in putting this message together for this Sunday has been kind of interesting because I had a totally different direction I was going to go with this story, but a totally different direction. Uh, I was going <laughs> to title the message, Crash the Party cool title, and it sounded like it was going to be really great, uh, but, but then uh, I felt God speaking to me towards the middle of the week, and, and the whole theme of broken came up, broken, broken, and I felt the Lord saying, there were a few things in this story, Phil, that were broken, and I want you to unpack that. And of course, when the Lord speaks, I do my best to listen and obey. And so that's what I want to do today. I want to show you three things that were broken, that I have a feeling as you look at this encounter that Jesus had with all these people, that we might be able to have an interesting encounter with the Lord ourselves, depending on where we place ourselves with these three broken things. Let's look at the first one. First of all, there was what I would call a, a broken character in this story. There was a woman who was very, very broken. And she had an encounter with Jesus. And there were a number of things about her. <laughs> My iPad is not cooperating with me today. So uh, if I ain't got no notes, I am not responsible for what I'm going to be saying. So just so you know, we're just going to let it fly here, folks. We're going to go old school. Uh, but I think there were a lot of things that contributed to this woman's brokenness. And I want to share those with you. I, I, I think that this woman was broken because, first of all, it was due to her past. Uh, this, woman, this woman made some mistakes. Um, she was identified in this story as a sinful woman. A sinful woman. And, in fact, the Pharisee was able to point that out. So, apparently, there was a uh, and I'll get to this later, apparently there was a reputation that this woman had. Now, as we look at Bible customs, um, an indicator for us of just how sinful she was, was because at that time, if a woman's hair was down like hers was in such a way that she would wash Jesus' feet with her hair like she might with a towel, uh, chances are she was a prostitute. So imagine having a nice, 
a nice little Jesus dinner. And all of a sudden, here she comes. And she shows up. See, it wasn't only the fact that she had made some really bad decisions which caused her to be broken, but by virtue of her decisions, her position was such that she was very much looked down upon. She was an outcast. In fact, what's interesting, another custom for you. You ready? I know you woke up saying, man, I hope I get a lot of Jewish customs in this whole story today. But another custom, when there was a big fancy banquet or dinner like this, oftentimes the poorest people would actually be outside of the house waiting for the leftovers. <laughs> kind of like what we'll be doing in, the, in a few <laughs> Just waiting for Danny Boy's leftovers. There we go. But the poorest of the poor, they, they would actually want the scraps, if you will, from the fancy dinner of the well-to-do people. And so not only was this woman broken because she had made some really terrible decisions and very sinful decisions, but then by virtue of that, she was looked down upon even by other people. Chances are people would not give her. In fact, we read in this scripture that Simon the Pharisee felt that she was beneath him. We'll get to that later. She was beneath him because she was a sinful woman. And, of course, he was not sinful. And I believe that our culture, maybe even in this church... There are some people in, that we are surrounded by, that we come across, that are rejected by the mainstream, maybe even rejected by the church. And these people, we, we see this woman, here's what's interesting, she did not have a sense of entitlement when she came to meet Jesus. Okay, I deserve dessert. Let's go. You know, that's not what she did. She didn't make any demands of when when she and her brokenness encountered Jesus, everything changed. The emotions came out. The sorrow for I believe what she had done and what she had been doing and the label that she pretty much had created for herself that had caused her to feel broken. And thankfully, she found herself coming to the feet of Jesus. There's a message I have for anybody who's ever made a mistake. Is there anyone in here who's ever made a mistake? Maybe you've made a lot of mistakes. In fact, maybe the mistakes that you've made would cause other people to reject you. I had a text message from somebody last Sunday who was watching us 
regularly online who said, this will be my last day to watch you because I'm going to prison. I won't have access to my phone. This man made some bad choices, has been rejected by everybody. What, what do you do with brokenness like that? I even found myself, because he would text me every Sunday. I even found myself looking for his text and then remembering what the situation was. What, what do you do with such brokenness? Where, where do you go? See, I know some people that will take their brokenness and they'll run away from Jesus. They'll run away from the church. They'll, they will separate themselves from the people of God. Maybe, maybe they've been judged. Maybe they've been rejected. And, and, and again, we're not about saying, you know, hey, sin is okay. That's not what we're saying. But when they come to the feet of Jesus, oh, when you bring your brokenness to the feet of Jesus, that's when miracles take place. That's when transformation takes place. That's when acceptance takes place. I need you to tell you, I need to tell you that this woman was broken and she went to the right place. She went to the presence of Jesus and fell at his feet. Where do we go with our brokenness? Where do we go with our sin? Where do we go when other people have rejected us? Where do we go when we are seen by other people or society or even the religious, even other people of faith? Where do we go when all of that has taken place and it seems like there's nowhere else to go but the absolute wrong direction? We go to the feet of Jesus. We sang it earlier. We bring everything to the feet of Jesus. We bring everything to the feet of Jesus. Bring your brokenness, your broken character, your broken reputation, your broken decisions, your broken family, everything. Bring it all to Jesus. He, he, will, not, he will not reject you. No matter what you've done, no matter who you are, no matter what other people say, bring your brokenness to the feet of the Savior. The first broken thing that we see is this woman, this broken spirit, this broken character. But then secondly... We not only see a broken character, but then we, we find a broken container. A broken container. Now this woman, can, and, and what, here's the beauty of the Gospels. And those of you who are reading your Bibles through, and maybe you're reading the New Testament, you'll see that sometimes the same story is told, not only in one of the Gospels, like, like Luke, but, for example, in this case, Mark also gives his take on this as well. And in this verse, in Mark chapter 14, verse 3, 
It says, while he was in Bethany, reclining at the table in the home of Simon the leper, a woman came with an alabaster jar of very expensive perfume made of pure nard. She broke the jar and poured the perfume on his head. So apparently she poured it on his head and on his feet and emptied the entire contents of this very expensive perfume. Okay, not the kind that evangelists wear, but very expensive perfume. Shame on me. I shouldn't have said it. I hugged an evangelist one time. I smelled like him for two weeks. It was incredible. Just like, whoa, hey, okay, lay off. Lay off on the high karate. So, so she emptied this very, very, and, and, and again, the scripture says it was incredibly expensive stuff. And she emptied the entire contents. And, and for, for this jar, it, it, it wasn't like, you know, guys, it wasn't like your bottle of Old Spice where, you know, and, and you know you're twisting the, t- <laughs> twisting the, you're twisting the bottle, and, and it, it, you would literally you would have to break, break the jar, break the bottle, broken. You have to break this container completely for it to be used. It was a one-time shot. There was no keeping it. it, it you broke it, and that was over. So this woman, look at the scene, this woman crashes this party, there's the old title, and, and she, she breaks this bottle and the perfume goes on his head and then she is so broken that she, she cries, so, this is some serious crying, she cries such a huge amount of tears that she's actually able to wash Jesus' feet with her own tears. And then she also puts that perfume that was on his head, according to Mark, on his feet, according to Luke, she puts it there too. This woman took this container, which was more than likely the most expensive thing she had, maybe the most incredibly priceless thing that she possessed, and she gave it. To Jesus. You see, she broke this container and gave it to Jesus regardless of its value. Could I ask you today, is there a something in a spiritual container that is very valuable to you that you just refuse to give to Jesus? For some people, it's their time. I'm too busy. I'm so busy. Oh, I'm so busy. And, and yes, you might be busy, but guess how much time you've got tomorrow? 24 hours. Same as me. Same as the person next to you. I think it's how we use that time that we need to start asking ourselves. That was free. That was totally free. But is there something valuable that you just hold back from the Lord? It's like, you know, okay, God, I'll drop a couple dollars in the offering, but you know, a tithe? Uh, give to missions? Why would I do I- Involve myself in ministry? Do you know who I am? 
please don't ever pull that one on me. Um, what's valuable to you? And again, there's, it's good to have limits, okay? It's very good to have limits. I, I'm not saying it's wrong, but, but I think there's too many people that have a lot of containers stored up in their hearts and in their spirits and in their lives that rightfully should be given to Jesus your talent, your giftings, your time, your resources, your energy, your whatever, your creativity. You can give that to Jesus, but we tend to kind of hold back. Maybe we've been hurt before. Maybe somebody didn't appreciate our gift before. And can I tell you this? If somebody didn't appreciate your gift before and you're not willing to give it to Jesus anymore, I don't know that you gave it to Jesus in the first place. See, because when I give it to Jesus, it doesn't matter what anybody thinks of it. See, when I preach a message like this and Jesus changes my whole thing, I'm thinking, oh, man, Lord, I don't even have fancy letters yet. How am I supposed to do this? <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, sorry, Phil. And, uh, and, 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 Every Sunday, I stand up here. It's like, okay, God, I'm doing this for you. I'm giving this to you. And Lord, may other people receive it the way you want them to. But we don't do spiritual things. Somebody once told me, I think I've said this before. Somebody once told me, I didn't like that one song that you guys sang. And I said, well, thank God we weren't singing to you. And that stopped that conversation. We give it to the Lord. And I think the Lord should take some of those things that are most valuable to us and we offer those to the Lord. God, I give you my time. I give you my talent. And other people might not respect it. Other people might not appreciate it. But Lord, I know you do. And that's all that matters. So see, because if you do it that way, I don't know why I'm camping out on this. I don't know who this is for. But if you do it that way, it doesn't matter how many hand claps you get. It doesn't matter how many articles you get in, 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 in a magazine. It doesn't matter how many media appearances or how many likes you get or whatever. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. What matters, okay, God, what do you think of this? What do you think of this? She gave it to Jesus regardless of its value. Secondly, regardless of its volume. She didn't just, oh, this is expensive. Here's a little dip here. Here's a little dip there. And let's throw something on the toe. And no, the entire, entire contents, she gave it all. We give God everything. God, I don't want to give you just 50% of my effort. I want to give it all to you. God, I don't want to give you just a half-hearted approach. I want to give you my whole heart. I, 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 I want you, God, to receive everything that I can give you. Because that's when you're most pleased. We don't hold back from giving our best to the Lord. We give Him everything. Can you say amen? Regardless of its value, regardless of its volume, and then regardless of the views of other people. Because I promise you, when you give of yourself to the Lord, somebody's going to have an opinion. And oftentimes, it'll be a seemingly religious person, like Simon, the Pharisee. 
She's doing this beautiful thing. Where, where, and, and many people have said that the, the perfume was kind of a, a sign pointing towards Jesus' death. And, and, and she's doing this beautiful thing for Jesus. And the only thing, the only thing that Simon can think is, well, if he knew just how bad she was, if he knew what kind of a train wreck she was, then this so-called prophet wouldn't even let it happen. Instead of appreciating what she did, Someone's going to have an opinion. And it's not always good. Is that enough to stop you from giving your best? I've learned. I've learned that you're not always going to please everybody. How many of you have learned that as well? Someone's going to have an opinion. Oftentimes, I won't say that. Thank you, Lord. Uh, yeah, I will say that. Thank you, Lord. No, I won't say that. Okay. Uh, but, but no. No, I'm having this argument with the Holy Spirit, and Tony's egging me on. Just sin. Just sin. Just disobey him. <laughs> Oftentimes, people have an opinion, but they may not even know what they're talking about. And you've got to understand that. In fact, you got to be bigger than that. You know, why did you know? How come you did this or didn't do this? And and they don't know the whole story. Why'd you do? How come you did things this way? And and their view of this is so narrow that they they don't know the big picture. And when you're a leader, those of you who consider yourself a leader, you got to understand that not everybody has the same picture that you do when you're doing things for him. You, you see a much broader picture. You, you see the lives that are at stake. You, you, you see the feelings that are going on. You, you see the effort that's going on. All, these, all they see is kind of their little, their little tree. Don't mess with my tree. Don't mess with my stuff. I disagree with you. And that's my tree. And, and they don't see the whole thing. Understand that. That, that's going to free you from being bound by other people's opinions. Some of you don't get that. And you think I'm talking to teenagers. I'm not. Some of us are seriously bound by the opinions of other people. It makes or breaks us. And now, because people are so courageous on social media. They don't even have to face you to criticize you. I love that. Said no person ever. And so, so you need the Holy Spirit to free you from being worried about all of that. Do you know that I once had a person call years ago, years ago, years ago, I once had a person call me, they were mad at me because I would never press like under their Facebook post. I thought, are you serious? I mean, how insecure do you have to be that you need Pastor Phil's thumbs up on a picture of your dog? Or whatever it is. Let's not be bound by the opinions of others. I say this to the other ministers that are watching me right now because we can be the worst at this. Because we're at the people business. 
we're, we're, we're in a world where we're constantly confronted with the opinions of other people. And we're not apathetic at all, but we can't be governed by those opinions either. Can you say amen? I got to move on. Boy, that could be a whole, that could be a whole seminar <laughs> or a session with my therapist. Lastly, there was a, <laughs> you think I'm joking. Uh, there, there was a broken character, a broken container. And I was going to stop the service here, this sermon here. Some of you wish I would. I was going to stop the sermon here. And then again, God was like, no, no, no. There's one other person who's broken here. There's one other thing. I thought, what? I had a woman. She's weeping at your feet, Jesus. I get it. And, and the jar, perfect, got it. But then he said, how about the most critical person in there? Simon the Pharisee. He was broken. He was broken and needed fixed. You may not be able to relate to a woman who had made a lot of bad, sinful choices. Maybe you can. You can go to the feet of Jesus today. You may not be able to relate to offering the best you have and all of it to Jesus, regardless of what anybody thinks. If that is you, offer that to him. But, but maybe, maybe you can find yourself relating a little bit to this religious person, this Pharisee, Simon, who actually invited Jesus to his house. But he had yet to invite him into his heart. He didn't have the mind and the heart of Jesus. He just had him at the table. And what made this man, Simon the Pharisee, what made him so broken? This man who knew the law frontwards and backwards. This man who could quote scripture probably better besides Jesus than anybody who was in that room. What made him so broken? First of all, he failed to even accommodate Jesus whatsoever. He failed to accommodate Jesus. Let me read this scripture for you here. Come on, MacBook. Here we go. Let me read this for you. Luke chapter 7. I don't know if I put it in the slides or not, Tammy. If I did, great. If not, don't worry about it. Jesus said, he turned toward the woman and said to Simon, do you see this woman? I came into your house. You did not, look at this. You did not give me water for my feet. That was a custom. If you invited a guest to your house, you provided a way for them to wash their feet. Simon didn't do that. You did not give me any water for my feet, but she wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You did not give me a kiss, a greeting. You ever, how many of you have ever been to a, uh, a culture where they kiss you on the cheek when they say hello? I have. Gets weird after a while when they come back for thirds, but... Uh, It's like, Jose, that's enough, okay? You did not give me, Jose, you did not give me a kiss, but this woman from the time I entered has not stopped kissing my feet. You didn't put oil on my head, but she has poured perfume on my feet. 
I wonder if there are some things that we... See, the Bible identifies us as the temple of the Holy Spirit. How many of you understand that, right? You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. I wonder what things we could do to better welcome Jesus into our lives. What could we do that would make Jesus more comfortable in our lives? See, because the problem is, there's a lot of Christians, the only time that we invite Jesus into our house is for crisis management, because we're going through something, or because we don't want to go to hell. And that's it. And if that's the extent of our relationship with God, we are broken. What can we do to invite Jesus? I'm talking to Christians here. What can we do to invite Jesus into our life that makes him more comfortable? I tell you what, if we have a guest come to our house that's never been there before, we're going to do some cleaning. How about you? Some of you are like, no, no, I'm good. I have the most spotless house, whatever. But for us, it's like, ooh, okay, let's pick up some things, okay? Let's, uh, you know, let, let, let's <laughs> inevitably, how many of you had that one room where everything goes, <laughs> right? So I just throw it in there, you know. They won't come in here. Let's put it in there, you know. She's <laughs> like, where's our son? We threw him in there. <laughs> and with Jesus, there's no, there's no junk rooms. There's no rooms to hide stuff. We, 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 prepare, we prepare the temple for Jesus. When we say, Lord, I want more of you, it's like, great, great. But maybe there's some things that you can do for me to really get comfortable in your life. If we're trying to treasure sin in our lives, Jesus won't be comfortable in that. If we're trying to treasure disobedience, if we have a critical spirit, if we have a judgmental heart, that doesn't belong in the temple. He failed to accommodate Jesus, and then finally he failed to appreciate the woman's worth. He totally failed to appreciate this woman's worth. What are you saying, Pastor? She was a prostitute. But she was worth dying for, according to Jesus. Christian, what would you do if a prostitute walked into this place? What would, you do? what would you do if somebody who was totally bound in sin came? What's your reaction? They don't look like you. They don't smell like you. They don't have the same values as you. And they're pretty proud of it too. How do you see them? Oh, that's a sinner. God, help us. You know what Jesus sees? He sees somebody that he wants to forgive. That's who he sees. So I'm not afraid of sinners. How about you? I, I, I'm not afraid of sinful people to walk into my church. In fact, I want them. I want the addict to walk in here. I want the gender-confused person to walk in here. I want the person who is really troubled to come in here because in this place, as Jonathan sang, 
This is a house of miracles. This is a place where lives can get transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit. This is where people can lay their brokenness at the feet of Jesus. We don't see people according to their past. We see people according to their potential. I should say that again. We don't see people according to their past. We don't judge people based on their sin. We judge people not at all. We see them based on the fact that Jesus died for them. Is it, now, is it always easy? I will tell you no. I will tell you no. But those people need Jesus. I can tell you some great stories. When we, in, in a past church where we had the homeless come to our church every Sunday. Wow. That made the services interesting. Really interesting. <laughs> But so many of them gave their lives to Jesus Christ at that church. And I don't want Bethel Church just to be a place like Simon's house. Where a sinner walks in and says, oh, you're kidding. May we have the heart and the mind of Jesus that says this person needs grace. This person needs grace. Jesus, this person needs the love of Jesus. You start praying that prayer, you start believing that, and God will transform this church radically. It doesn't have to be reserved for one big event in December for this church. Let's ask Jesus to bring the hurting into this place. Let's ask God to bring the hopeless into this place. And we don't judge. If, and if you're going to judge them, uh, ooh, God help you. God help you. You're, you're, more, you're more broken than the sinner. To receive grace and not extend it, what a miserable human being a person has to be. Pastor Phil, that strong, yeah. Broken. Jonathan, if you can help me. There was a woman. The principal character, really, in this story, this woman, Broken. Broken by her sin, broken by her decisions, broken, broken by the opinion of other people. Broken. Today, if you think that your choice is beyond the grace of Jesus Christ, I want you to know you can come to the feet of Jesus today. And just as that woman locked eyes with Jesus and he with her and said, you are forgiven, Jesus can do the same thing in your life today. Whether you're watching online or in this room, Jesus can heal the brokenness of sin. Maybe you're wrestling with offering something of value to the Lord. I don't want to give it all. And Jesus says, just trust me. You realize that Jesus can do more with that little jar of perfume than you can do with it the rest of your life. Or maybe... Maybe we've been guilty of becoming so religious that we become judgmental. Do we want those kind of people? Oh, we do. We do. And maybe Christ needs to heal your brokenness so that you can have the same heart that he has. 
and the same love that he has and the same understanding that he has. And yes, yes, you need patience when that takes place and, and probably a good sense of humor, but, but, but Jesus can do it. Broken character, broken container, and a broken critic. If we fit in any of these categories... Let's bring that brokenness to Jesus. Can you say amen? Stand with me, would you? Now, we're about to have a time of fellowship, and again, all of you are invited to be a part of that. We'd love to see you. Really would. If you have plans, we understand, but we'd love to see you. But I think right now, the most important person we could talk to first before we go through a serving line would be Jesus. And if there's any brokenness in our lives, let's bring that to the Lord. Or if we're holding back on breaking that container and giving it all to Jesus, let's bring that to the Lord. Or if our spirits are so broken that we don't see people through the eyes of Christ, let's ask God to heal our eyes and our hearts. And let's ask Him to bring that brokenness. So I'm going to pray, and I want to give you a chance to respond to this to the Lord. And so, will you pray? And will you go to the Lord and say, God, take this broken, and you fill in the blank, and let him bring healing. Maybe for some, for the first time in a very long time. And then when you're done, you can join us in the back to fellowship with one another. Jesus, we bring our broken lives to you. God, there are some, the sting of our decisions is still there. So God, I'm asking you that you would take our brokenness and our disobedience and you would forgive it. And God, just as this woman had true remorse for it, God, I, I ask you for remorse that we would never go back again, that we'd be freed from this. Lord, to those of us who've stored up a few containers in our spirits and we're reluctant to break those things and offer them to you and you've been speaking to us about it, Lord, I pray that we would break the spiritual container open and give the entire contents of what that holds completely to you. And God, to the Simons that might be under the sound of my voice, God, would you change our hearts so that we could see people the same way you see them? Touch our hearts, Jesus. So please meet with us. God, bless the food that we're going to partake of in a little bit. Bless our fellowship. But now in these next few moments, bless any conversation that's had with you. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you need to pray, you can.